Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together we are FNA Van Life. Today we have a very special episode for you. It's another live podcast episode. We're recording today with my parents. Oh, that's why it's so special. We got the parents <laughs> in the house. So we have Chris and Shirley who are Dave birth to me, I guess. And I did. I was going to say yeah. both of them? That's wild. He helped. I cut the cord. There you go. So we're going to be talking to them all about what it's like to be the parents of van lifers. I know a lot of people in the community, you know, think about or struggle about how their families are receptive or are not receptive to their decisions to travel on the road. And maybe their parents could give your parents some advice on how they may you know, want to feel or be accepting about it. So maybe you want to give this podcast to your parents to give a listen to it. Uh, There we go. So it's been two years since we got on the road, but it's probably been about three years since we started talking to you guys about our plans for van life. And I remember quite vividly walking through the streets of New York, phone calling you. You were on your drive somewhere. So I had you both on the phone at the same time. And I kind of explained, you know, we're going to buy a van this weekend and we've decided that in a short while we're going to be quitting our jobs and hitting the road. Do you guys remember that conversation? (laughs) (laughs) Always good to hear from you, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Not not really specifically. I don't think so. But thinking back on it, do you remember what your initial response would have been or your initial feelings would have been when, when you were going through that moment with Alex? I, I think I, was, I would be. I'm um, excited for your, you doing something different. You've been eight, five years in New York City. You're uh, not really enjoying your job that much anymore and uh, you've got some savings and why not give it a try? What about you, Mom? Um, I've always supported whatever it is you wanted to do. I hope you agree with that. Yeah. And uh, what can I say? You know, a little bit of concern because I didn't know what it was going to be like to be traveling all over, especially when you were talking about heading down to parts in Mexico and so on. I thought, oh my God, where is she going? Um, So yeah, but once you explained it more to me and what was involved, I thought this sounds like a really good idea. Initially, I guess you explained it as trying to do some sort of Guinness World Record on the number of uh, snowboard mountains you would do over the course of a season. I think 72 was the target number. So I thought it would be, okay, you're going to go November to April or May, and then you're probably going to maybe reconsider being on the road. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, two years have passed since that moment. <laughs> it seems like we really have been enjoying the road. Um, has, has your feelings changed about it since you see the videos? I think that's probably very helpful too. the fact that we create video of everywhere we go that allows you to see and experience what we're experiencing while we're on the road. Has that kind of helped your point of view, you know, get better about the lifestyle or um, anything along yeah. those lines? Well, if I could just add, I don't think I ever had a, a bad feeling about the lifestyle as such. And, I mean, you both are very skilled people that, you know, if you decide to quit this lifestyle, you can always fall back onto something else. Like, mm -hmm. you know, yes, you were giving up good jobs, but you could, you know, if you wanted to get another job, you would have no trouble doing that. And if anything, the skills and experience you're getting now from what you're doing will only contribute to your resume and your skill set. So that's not a worry. In terms of following all of the Instagram and YouTubes and podcasts and <laughs> whatever else there is, uh, it's a great way to keep in touch. You know, like it's different than the days where someone would leave Europe on a ship and their family knew, oh my God, you know, I'll probably never see them again. And it takes three months or more to even get a letter, assuming they could write. So <laughs> this is great because, you're you know. You're back a long way, aren't you? Well, yeah, but it's different in this day and age mm -hmm. when you're constantly in touch electronically. You know, we talk at least once a week on the phone and then I am able to watch all of your videos and yeah so I feel like although we don't get to physically see you as often well it's probably actually no less than when you were living in New York really mm -hmm. maybe a little bit less I think when because New York to Toronto is, is a, a pretty easy commute yeah. right yeah. and I used to you know get on an airplane on either Thursday night or Friday yeah. night and you, could you know I could be at city. your house by nine o'clock at night and then spend the weekend and fly back because mm -hmm. it was you know two to three hundred dollar flight mm -hmm. you know you're not doing it every single weekend but a lot more, a little more frequently like I think I was project. trying to do it like once a quarter yeah was my goal but having said that when you do come you tend to stay for longer mm -hmm. so it you know I think it all works out Mm -hmm. And it's been a little different with COVID, of course, because we haven't had the opportunity to travel as much because we had a couple of vacations that we were going to meet up with you that were canceled mm -hmm. last year. Uh, the Disney, mm -hmm. you remember that? Yeah. 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 And actually, we were going to go up to Collingwood to do some skiing and that was canceled. Mm -hmm. And was there anything else we had to cancel? No, I think that was about it. Yeah, but, but uh, you know, so there hasn't been the same opportunity but I'm hoping over the next year that that'll improve mm -hmm. as everybody gets vaccinated and travel opens up a little more. Mm -hmm. well, but we... I don't want to go to Nicaragua. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. You don't have to. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Putting a foot down. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Argentina. <laughs> You've always wanted to go to Argentina. I, yeah, I, I would love to do that. Um, I've obviously been to... Uh, Buenos Aires, but uh, I have never seen Patagonia would be really nice. But uh, I guess actually when you folks were finishing your first year on snowboarding mountains and COVID caught up with you, then you started talking about going down to Central, Central America. And I, I was a bit, or am, ap apprehensive about that. I, uh, I kind of 
think you're a lot safer traveling in the USA or Canada. So I was really pleased that you actually, you know, ended up in Alaska and then in, you know, Idaho and Montana and places like that. But uh, Yeah, Newfoundland and the Maritimes would be really gorgeous. This is true. And you mentioned Northern Ontario, like Manitoulin and Lake Northern Superior. Ontario is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Well, we do plan on visiting those places, uh, you know, when the summer comes around. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we are done with our travels. We, we are still looking at going down uh, to the southern you know, countries, Central America even, but, you know, that that's in due time. Plans always change, as we know now, plans always change with, you know, the pandemic coming in and our plans changing of the mountains, like we weren't able to finish all the mountains because of that. So you never know what will happen. It's kind of always up in the air when you're living this type of lifestyle. But yeah, um, we've been very fortunate to have the opportunity to be able to actually visit you guys fairly often even during the pandemic time you know uh we had an opportunity to be here in december we spent a month annual visit yeah pretty much pretty much but the the second annual visit. yeah yeah (laughs) and they've even been so kind as to do christmas a month early for us this year yeah, so. big dinner tonight, turkey mm-hmm. and all the trimmings. There you go. I will say your parents would have been the first people to visit us in the van outside of like us going to visit others. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I still hope that becomes, you know, an opportunity in the future, which I think it will. I really think that your parents will be the first ones to visit us on the road, though. Well, we already did. We visited you in Montreal. Oh yeah. Well, does that really count though? We hey. just we throw. I, I mean, it is a there. different. It is a different province. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll I, count it. I'll count it. Am I allowed to talk about the upcoming trip? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Because I mean, we planned to meet up with you in Banff, not realizing we were going to be seeing you for a month in November. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was a surprise. Would that why. have changed your? But no, I mean that um, was that pro- just probably would not. Yeah, would, no, no, yeah, no. We no, probably seriously. wouldn't have. Booked seriously, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because we're we're yeah. going to Hawaii in January. Right. And... But uh, what I'm trying to say is that would have been meeting up with you on the road. Yes. Mm-hmm. That that was what that was intended to be because I figured you'd enjoy the mountains because you wanted to go snowboarding mm-hmm. and I've wanted to go to Banff for a very long time. I mean, I've been there briefly years and years ago. So that, I guess, might have been the first meeting up on the road mm-hmm. that's been possible. So let's talk about, you know, the van life movement is kind of akin to like the hippie movement, you know, people living in VWs and kind of carting around and things like that. Um, So did you guys have any experience with that kind of lifestyle when you were younger? Or like what kind of traveling have you guys done in your lives? That's a good question. As a kid, uh, we didn't... uh... We didn't have a lot of travel money, put it that way. <laughs> and so we had a few, you know, tenting experiences, car, tent, you know, four, four kids and mom and a dad. And we'd be, uh, we'd be camping by the side of the road often because we uh, couldn't afford motels when we went traveling. So uh, lately, or since we all got out working, it's been much nicer. And uh, uh, I guess we like pretty comfortable travel yes Yes. hot showers (laughs) (laughs) um i did a fair amount of camping our family went camping when i was a kid that was more of a choice though like 
you know, a national park, the Bay of Fundy, Cape Cod, those kinds of holidays within driving distance of Ottawa. And it was a reasonably priced family vacation because you didn't have to pay for the accommodation. Uh, I don't particularly like camping anymore. <laughs> we did get a tent and did that before we got a cottage and uh, a few days is enough for me. But uh, our holidays have been more like the traditional vacation and actually because Chris had jobs where he would travel on business, often we could combine that with a holiday. You know, like if you were down in Arizona or Florida on a conference, then mm -hmm. we could come and join you or, um, where, well, with American Express, my God, I, I got to go to Japan mm -hmm. and where else did I get to go? But, you know, so, but it was always for sort of maximum two weeks at a time, never longer than that. Since we've retired, I think we've been able to have a bit more extended holidays, but now that we live in what I consider paradise, <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere in the summer because it's so perfect here. Mm -hmm. I mean, we live in a resort, basically, mm -hmm. in a resort town. I mean, the, the population here alone, when it becomes summer, uh, like quadruples, basically, right? It goes from about 25,000 to almost 100,000 people. Yeah, yeah, but it's never crowded, mm -hmm. you know. Well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, if you want to get to the world-famous Sandbanks Beach, you have to book to get in. Mm -hmm. But we can avoid those places at the busiest times, so mm -hmm. it's not a problem for us. And if anybody's wondering, it's Prince Edward County... In Ontario, yes. which is a very big county, so nobody's going to be able to find you. Yeah, it's still very rural. It's yeah. still very rural. But, I mean, it's being written up in Condé Nast, how do you say that, and uh, National Geographic. And well, I feel like you're sharing articles all the time from, yeah. you know, yeah. Toronto Life I mean, and things like that. About it's considered a world-class place to visit and has world-class fine dining. Mm -hmm. It is extremely beautiful here. I mean, and we've really only visited, well, I've only visited in like the fall and winter time. So yeah, I have yet to see it. the summer. Yeah, in the summer. <laughs> so I have yet to see it in the most beautiful time of the year for, you know, the Prince Edward County, which is kind of unbelievable because it's still very beautiful. Mm -hmm. So mom mentioned you've never done any kind of long-term travel. Dad, have you done anything like that? No, actually, I, I worked for, what, 45 years and my longest vacation was three weeks. Where was that? Uh, drive, drove to Florida and back. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> drove to Florida, Ooh. sat on a beach for 10 days, and then turned around and came back. So. How long were we in New Zealand for? Maybe that was 20 days or... Uh, yeah, that, that would have been something like that. Yeah. We spent uh, a week in the North Island and then... Uh, That's beautiful. Then flew down south Absolutely and drove back gorgeous. up. That was, that was a lovely... Yeah. Oh, we've, we've been very fortunate. I mean, we've been... You know, we've done Australia, New Zealand. Uh, as Shirley mentioned, I got to travel a lot to, uh, you know, Brazil, Argentina, Mexico, Hong Kong, Japan. So I, I get to see a lot of... A lot of 
probably uh, capital cities. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, yeah. and because with, he was... With the occasional weekend out of yeah, town. Sort of you thing. were flying on business, so you were, you know, elite class, and it was it was luxury travel, put yeah. it that way, and a luxury expense account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not <laughs> no, the living in a van, not, tent not camping. Not <laughs> a pot of beans on a camp stove. No. Uh, <laughs> well, I like to think that we do a little bit better than a pot of beans on a camp stove. I would say that we're very much glampers, you know, because <laughs> yeah, right. we don't we don't stay in the tent. We we do have one now, but we we've I think we stayed in the tent one night uh, out of every single out of two years, two years that we've been yeah. on the road. Well, why would you? You know, yeah, we have, have the whole van. van. That's the yeah. that's the purpose of the van is to have a tiny home that you could travel with, have all your belongings, be able to cook almost any type of meal. I I can't say that we could cook any type of meal because we don't have an oven. But yeah, if, you'd be hard pressed to fit the tonight's turkey yeah, into the yeah. <laughs> we we might be the able, fire pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, just to, you know, if Dad's going to be cooking the turkey on the barbecue tonight, which is you know maybe we could find a. A camp stove or the rotisserie pig kind of situation right. for the turkey. Yeah. Or the tofurkey. The yeah, tofurkey. Yeah. Well, that say. might cook up a little quicker. Yeah. You, don't, yeah. you don't eat enough meat to make it worth your while. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so do you, you know, you've seen all the videos and the van tours and you've actually been inside the van. What do you think about the space and kind of like the livability of a van? I, I think it's really very efficient, very effective living space. Uh, I'm not sure I wouldn't get claustrophobic, but uh, it, it's it's perfect for exploring. And I guess the, the really nice thing, and I see this in your videos and your, your YouTube channel and stuff, all the lovely places you park that van. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, uh, some of the scenes with your drone lifting up off your, you know, with your van down there and all around is just forest. It's just amazingly uh, off-road, but mm-hmm. with all the comforts of a hotel room. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 uh, it's lovely. The van is, is nice. Mm-hmm. And the- much more economical, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, in terms of like paying for hotels or motels yeah. along the way or mm-hmm. whatever it might yeah. be. You know, I th- I even th- just paying for campsites would be very, oh, yeah. very expensive. If we added up, like, how many nights we've been on the road and having to stay in hotels and or even campsites oh, every night, it would be... Of cr- thousands Yeah, thousands, of yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, tens of thousands, I would think, you know. Um, and then to be able to have the option to, you know, one day turn around and sell the van as an asset, you know, mm-hmm. is, is kind of the difference. It's like almost loaning a car compared to buying one, mm-hmm. right? If you loaned a car, all that value just disappears once it goes back to to the to the uh, mm-hmm. purchase person you loaned it from, but if you buy a vehicle, you could always turn around and sell that vehicle and to purchase a new one, so you could put ten or fifteen thousand dollars back into another vehicle, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you're lucky because right now it's an appreciating asset. Yeah. Like we had boats for many years, and boats are depreciating. Oh, not so much right now, actually, because yeah. they're oh, so hard oh. to get. Yeah. Right. Sell an old crappy boat for more than you paid for it. Yeah, but certainly, um, normally a vehicle depreciates in value, Mm -hmm. but your van is appreciating, not depreciating. Mm -hmm. I think what the reason why that happens too is because we built a tiny home inside of it, and also the the lifestyle is in demand at the moment. Um, I do think that with 
the fact of digital work now that this is available, like the fact that we could video chat and FaceTime and do all these things digitally, uh, the lifestyle will be in demand for a long time now. It might not be something that people do forever, but it will be something that people do for a couple of years and then, mm-hmm. you know, turn into a home somewhere else down the road. Yeah, and I think especially because so many people have realized they can work, you know, from home, wherever that is. They don't have to go into an office every day. So it makes it a lot more feasible to be on the road. Mm-hmm. I guess my question for you guys is how how weird is that from going from a time where you could not work online, like you had to have a physical job mostly, right? Um, how is that change, seeing that change over time, is that uh, something that uh, you wish you might have had when you were uh, at that age? or um, I actually, for several years, was working from home because I was traveling internationally, and I, I enjoyed the freedom of not commuting to the office. And, but the one thing I did find was that I missed out on the, what do you call it, informal conversations with mm-hmm. other, other people at work. So all of the meetings you would have online would be focused on specific issues, problems, next steps, and stuff like that. Uh, whereas when you're in an office with a bunch of other people who have different jobs and different things they're doing, but you, you communicate and you talk together informally for over coffee or you see them in the hall or something like that, you get a much broader sense of what's happening in the organization. Mm-hmm. So working from home is wonderful, uh, but it, there are some limitations. And of course, there's a whole whack of people just have to work face to face. They need, you know, they're, they're <laughs> in retail, they're in uh, uh, services of, sort of, of kind, some kind. Mm-hmm. But, but like no, a hospitality type of yeah, job. Yeah, hospitality mm-hmm. and uh, all of the uh, trades, right? The trades mm-hmm. are generally on site yep. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but no, it's, it's, it, it is a huge change and you see all sorts of stories about people leaving in, in our sort of na- neighborhood, going from Toronto to uh, Nova Scotia and still being able to work um, I have neighbors that have moved in that, uh, you know, one chap works in Ottawa. He never goes to Ottawa. He's always at home sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, uh, gives you a lot more time, free time, no travel time. But I think it also blurs when are you working and when aren't you working? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. 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 Like I, I liked the office environment. I, I would have always like to work four days, not five days a week because I needed an extra day, you know, when you have a household and kids and all the rest of it. It's a lot of juggling. Um, But my problem is when I'm at home, then I'm looking around thinking, okay, I need to do this, I need to do that. It's hard for me just to focus on work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, I get it. So it's good to get out of, for me, the home environment into a work environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, as Chris said, the relationships you have with your colleagues, it's quite a different thing than a Zoom mm-hmm. meeting. You know, mm-hmm. it really isn't the same thing at all. Yeah, like Chris was saying, you have those like little off uh, conversations that you have because you have all different types of people around you and physically around you. So they might be talking about something in the meeting, but you might be able to, you know, turn to you know, John or whoever it is and have this little conversation and get to know each other a little bit more than 
the the zoom yeah. you know aspect of and of even life. just from a work standpoint if you're working on something you can walk down the hall mm-hmm. yeah and i mean <laughs> to it, discuss it with somebody else or to find yeah. out where stuff is at and that's a little different i think than picking up the phone every time mm-hmm. which you may or may not be as likely to do i don't know mm-hmm. i haven't worked in that kind of environment yeah i'm just saying I was fine with the office environment. And at that time, it was really frowned upon for people to work from home Mm -hmm. because it was thought, well, they're not going to be working. You know, they're just going to be shirking. But they've proven, actually, that people can be more productive Mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. Well, because they're like we're talking about, they're working on the task at hand rather than having those offshoot conversations, having the, you know, the. it is nice to see how a business works all around though like the mm-hmm. being able to go into an office and see how you know when i was working in air conditioning before we got on the road i would go into the office every once in a while and i would see the people that are picking up the phone yeah. to like tell you where to go next and you would see the project manager and you would see these people and you would get to understand how the full business the works where yeah. when you're working right. digitally it's very much you have yeah. the blinders on yeah. and yeah. you know your your job but you don't necessarily know everybody yeah. else's i mean even just bumping into some Someone on an elevator from a different department, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you're right. It gives you a much broader perspective of the organization as a whole, mm-hmm. which is pretty much impossible to do if you're only working off site. Well, and also it gives you a really good opportunity to network with people. In the book that I wrote about being an executive assistant. <laughs> a little plug there. <laughs> little plug. Shameless plug. Yeah. Well, a lot of it is those auxiliary conversations. You end up eating lunch next to somebody yeah. or you end up getting a coffee at the same time as somebody. And if you know, you're know you known as a friendly person who's like happy to chat, then you end up developing these relationships with people who are not in your department, who are not in your you know line of mm-hmm. you know everyday workflow. So... You know, it provides opportunities for, oh, there might be an opening in that department that you wouldn't have known about exactly. unless you had this conversation with this person who you wouldn't have ever known if you weren't yeah. in the office. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it just depends what you want to do with your life and whether you want to succeed in the, you know, quote, corporate world. Right. And I'm I, sure there is I, a way to do that digitally. So I was going to say our way of doing that digitally actually is the podcast in a sense, right? So mm-hmm. when we do a podcast, we reach out to random people in this industry all, all different types, builders, you know, police officers that are thinking about getting into it, um, even just people that are living in buses or traveling in a car. We talk to everybody, and when we do the podcast, we get this sense of community. We get this opportunity to talk to them outside of actual podcasting as well. So, like, a couple minutes before, a couple minutes after. And the lead-up conversation. You create that network this way yeah. as well. So it is, there is that aspect of it, and I think the podcast is that for us. Or like the little uh, commenting with each other. Mm-hmm. It's definitely different than the physical, um, you know, uh, of actually being face-to-face with somebody. Yeah. Um, but it's still there, slightly. Well, but I think to, it, I was just going to say, it works for you because mm-hmm. of your personalities. Yeah. If someone's more introverted and doesn't like reaching out, I mean, I used to know someone who didn't even like to pick up a phone. Yeah then it becomes very difficult Mm -hmm. and very isolating. So you do have to take that extra step and make an effort to do what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. it it works for you, which is great. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would work for every personality. I agree. It's it's tough. Uh, Company culture, team spirit, those kinds of things. Uh, I guess Shirley and I are more familiar with doing that 
with people in the same room, team building and, and those kinds of things, uh, to inculcate a new employee and you've hired them and all they're sitting in front of a Zoom screen for three or four meetings with different people, it, it's not, to me, the same immersive into mm-hmm. the culture type experience. And I, I believe that's going to become one of the uh, things that makes people less likely to stick with a company. They're more likely they mm. will have fewer ties to a company. Mm-hmm. They got like if you have a whole bunch of relationships with the company and somebody talks to you about a job at a different company, you have to choose, you know, like, well is it more money, is it more, you know, future advancement, whatever, or and but what am I losing? Yeah. Whereas if you're just losing these set of zoom screens to go to those set of zoom screens, mm-hmm. it may be workforce becomes far more transient. Yeah. Well, I think that's already been a case in the last like decade or so. Like millennials by the time they're 30 will have had like five different jobs. Yeah. And I think it's all a nature of the employment, you know, especially in America, everybody's an at-will contractor. Like mm-hmm. you are an employee, but they could fire you anytime they mm-hmm. wanted, you know, and often to get the advancement you have to leave to a different company. <clears throat> but I think the culture around work has shifted because of the pandemic to the Zoom environment Mm -hmm. out of necessity, you know, to keep the business going. Um, But I think that that's also changed the cultural mindset because like you said, mom, in your day, it was totally frowned upon Mm -hmm. to work from home where now working from home is the norm. Yeah. And it's cheaper for the employer because they don't have to rent space and all the rest of it. I think it's not only cheaper for the employer, but it's cheaper for the employee because they don't have to commute into the job as well. And if they're not getting paid for that commute, it's saving them a lot of time and time is money, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. as well as the money that they're spending. Uh, But I will say that the emotional investment that you have from being on the job and meeting all those people definitely changes a lot and you're not emotionally invested as much. So Mm -hmm. the ability to switch a job is a lot uh, easier for sure. So let me bring it back to van life. One of the big (laughs) things in the community, especially for younger folks, um, you know, obviously there's a whole set of people in the van life community or RV community who are the retirees who, you know, work their whole career to then, Mm -hmm. you know, travel. Um, you guys have both been retired for probably a decade a piece. Ish. I don't know the exact oh, eight. date. Yep. yep. <laughs> For me. 2012. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in that vein, I don't want to say like, do you regret working all those years? But like, you know, is there anything that, you know, you advice maybe you would give or whatever in terms of, you know, that whole working your whole career to then travel versus traveling some and then, you know, working on the yeah. way or working yeah. alternatively like we're doing? Well, for me, I had a great job. I really enjoyed it. I felt like I was contributing to society. Uh, It paid well, and so I don't regret it at all. And the best part of it all is it gave me a very nice pension. So now I'm in a position where I don't have to work, and I can kind of do whatever I want. So I don't mind having waited for that. Because uh, it wasn't terrible in the process. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, when you have a young family, like you kids were involved in gymnastics and dance and all kinds of other stuff. Like, I think we were able to provide a nice stable home and you had your own friendships and activities. And so it was a good life. 
you know, I certainly wouldn't have wanted to be dragging you around in a van, sorry to say. I mean, to me, that would be hell on earth. Home, homeschooling in a van? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, yeah. obviously some people do it, but mm-hmm. I, it wouldn't be for me, is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. As I mentioned, I had one three-week vacation over 40-odd years of work. Um, the uh, contrast, looking at what you folks do, all of the different places that you've been able to go and see while you're still young enough and agile enough to to experience them fully and enjoy them is a definite contrast to what Shirley and I did. Um, I, I'm in a way I'm I'm envious that you have the opportunity to get out and see so much without having a you know a rigid nine to five uh, paycheck type job. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, you're uh, constantly working to that's true do yeah. do your van life uh, communications and and podcasts and stuff like that so it's not like you're working any less you're just working for yourself and it's uh, it's 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 interesting to watch because while you're working for yourself you're also able to go and see so much of the world mm-hmm. that uh, you know I've been to an awful lot of really nice places. And I always had a checkout date, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, in three days I'm Sounds leaving. Ominous. Three, sorry, this was a motel or hotel checkout, darling, <laughs> not the ultimate one. But the, but you've always in your in your case, you stop at a at a particular spot. You boondoggle, I think, is the word for it. Boondog. Yeah, boondoggling is a whole different okay, thing. Well, what is that? that? I don't even know. A boondoggle is like it's, a scam, or you just, know, I don't yeah, know. It's it's not doing much work ah. and, and mm. getting getting paid well for it, something mm-hmm. like that. Anyway, you can stay an extra three or four or five days if it's really a nice place. So, mm-hmm. so like we now live in a very nice spot on the water here in here in Prince Edward County, the Bay of Quinte. And it's sort of like I live in a resort, and I have no checkout date, so it's kind of it's it's, it's nice. Uh, but you get to do it in all sorts of different different places. It's wonderful. Yeah, I think it depends once again on your personality, because mm-hmm. like I like having a home base, mm-hmm. even when I travel. You know, I don't miss being at home most of the time, but I'm always glad to get back. Mm-hmm. Now I know you consider your van your home, so that's. But to me, it's, I don't know, it's just a little different having some permanency mm-hmm. to having a home. But not everybody needs that. You know, it's just my nature. Well, your permanent home just has four wheels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I think yeah. the biggest difference is that over time, like, it was a little bit weird to us, too, at first, when we when we first got in the van. And, like, changing that mindset of the the permanent home aspect and then now we feel like it's our permanent home we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't feel like that at first but now when we go back to it we feel like we have everything we need we feel like that we're in a particular spot like sometimes we'll put up the curtains and then we'll wake up in the morning and completely forget that we're at a walmart parking lot it's just yeah. like you know it's weird but at the same time it's it's it feels like home to us I will say, though, that like the aspect that you guys have that we don't have is that your companies, when you were working for them, they were, they were creating that pension for you. They were creating that yeah. 401k, right? They, these investments were there. So if you are doing something more on the lines that we are and you're self-employed, you have to make sure that you are mindful that you're setting these things up for yourself as well because you want to be able to have that retirement later on in life. Uh, you want to be able to have that, um, I, you know what? I don't need to do this anymore. 
I'm just going to kick back and relax and I don't have to work physically, you know? Um, so yeah, it's definitely something to make sure that you're mindful if you are self-employed. Do you guys worry about our finances at all? Well, no, because I think you have a lot of financial security. Mm-hmm. In terms of? Well, personally, and, you know, you have people you can fall back on if there is a, you know. Something so, terrible. If a disaster yeah. happened, yeah. It's not like you're all alone in the world and you, you know, whatever. Yeah. Between your own abilities and your families, you're fine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and whatever, the savings you have so far. No, I don't, I don't worry financially at all. No, I think as Shirley said earlier on, you both have uh, skills that you could reintroduce into the workforce. You can get back into the workforce wherever you are and start earning, a, you know, a, a reasonable income. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have that as your, uh, I guess, possibility. In other words, if the if I get tired of being on the road. I can go get a job as a heat and air conditioning yep. technician yeah. just yep. about okay. anywhere that the yeah. union lot Or you works. could start another business, you yep. know, whatever that is, because you certainly have the drive and the creativity. You can do whatever you want, really. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I don't think there's anything to worry about. I think you'll just, as you say, figure it out as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have that will and that... that um, that power to keep going no matter what it is and like you want to achieve you want to you want to you know achieve the highest mark and whatever it is that you're doing i think that you'll never have an issue no matter what it is you'll always find the job you always yeah. find the resources to make enough money to make ends meet you know um and it is something that i think that alex and i both have which i'm very grateful for that um, well it's just the work ethic as well like you said mm-hmm. even on our own business we're working constantly yeah. you know mm-hmm. um but i think you know, if you are somebody who doesn't have the get up oh, and go, it. this isn't the life for you. That is <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, it may be, but then you might need to worry, you know, if you get sick or, you or, know, you can't or, travel anymore. Like, yeah. you know, you have to be able to rely on yourself and your own resources mm-hmm. to make it to, just to survive in the world and more than survive. I mean, you want to have some comfort and yeah. some. You want to be able to thrive if you can. Exactly, that's the word. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the only uh, thing about the van life experience, this constant on the movement, it's not a uh, situation that I could envision having children. Mm-hmm. It, it just, you know, children. <laughs> the we have like eight or twelve years of schooling that the governments provide to launch launch young people into the world with some skills and abilities. And trying to replicate that uh, in an ever-shifting geographic environment is probably not a not a particularly good thing for for the child. Well, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. I just think it's very difficult for the parents. I mean, children can deal with a lot, but the amount of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, homeschooling is a full-time job, and then if you're also trying to earn a living as a full-time blogger. And you're trying to get some sleep in a very confined space when you've got a squawking baby. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. In a big house, you can, like, close the door exactly. and not hear them. You know, like, let's just put them in that room for 10 minutes and see if they settle down. You can walk you know? away a bit, right? Yeah. And, I mean, I know people do it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think they're a minority, a very resilient minority. I'm not sure. But well, 
and also just having family around is helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're on the road, like you don't have a lot of other help. Mm-hmm. If you need that under certain, you know, because yeah. things happen. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say that in all of your podcasts, I've seen no toddlers. Mm. <laughs> you do yeah. have some people, you know. We, we have we many do, friends, yeah. actually, that live on the road with uh, toddlers as well as, like, you know, 10-year-old kids, 8-year-old kids. I think we really only had one guest on the podcast who had kids. Well, technically well, two, but we lost the audio from the nautical oh, nomads. Yeah. Well, oh, dear. So yeah, that we, was unfortunate. But then Nia and Nard. And not only Nia and Nard, but also Painted Buffalo Studios. Was she on the podcast? Uh... We definitely know. did a, a bus tour of, right. of their bus and But so perhaps that's something that we need to... Uh, to do a little bit more Expand of. more mm-hmm. on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Try we, and find them. Well, well we, we know them. We, know we them. just, uh, you know, yeah. for whatever Never reason. Never say someday. Asked, Never yeah. say someday has two kids that are, you know, in their... They're almost teenagers now. I think they're like 11, 12, almost 13 yeah. now. Um, it all depends on... I think education always starts at home anyway, right? It starts with the parents. The parents being able to... Give their children a uh, good understanding of many different things, you yeah. know, to, to give them opportunity to when they go to school or when they're being homeschooled uh, to want to learn, too, mm-hmm. as well. Right. Because yeah. if it doesn't start at home, they're not going to do well in class a lot of the time anyway. But I, I mean, I, I agree coming from that lifestyle, you know, um, having that structure of public school and the friendships that you build. You know, I, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the only thing I know growing up, right? right? Um, but then being on the road and seeing these children on the road and how well they could speak to adults and how... because yes, that's their only company probably. <laughs> no, <most of> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but we definitely they see... They tend to like meet up with each other. Correct. So then like it's these van kids with these yeah. And then they're riding, they're riding their bikes around and, and they're exploring different know, places. I'm sure they learn a lot and have a lot of different experiences. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's different, and it's not to say one way is better than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. if I know I couldn't have homeschooled for a whole bunch of reasons, but mm-hmm. not the least of which, I don't think Kimberly and Alexandra would have listened to me. <laughs> you know, really. I mean, probably from the, true. From the stories I heard, yeah. there were some terrorists. Well, <laughs> I mean, it turned out great in the end. But yeah. even sometimes we'd take them out of school to go on a holiday. And, you know, the teachers would give work that they were supposed to do while we were away so that they didn't fall behind. Well, good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I always felt, well, they're learning other things. They're experiencing other things by being, you know, away and seeing different cultures and whatever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and plus I figured they're smart enough. They're not going to lose out because they missed two weeks of grade two. Like, who cares, you know? But but I, the point being, I don't think they ever would have learned from me. Mm-hmm. They needed a professional teacher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Dad could have done the homeschooling. Well, no. Well, right. yeah, but, <laughs> well but, he was but, at work, yeah. But right. there are things, though, that uh, we're talking, you'd be out of school for a week or two. There's, you know, the, the curriculums, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, in the 12 years you're learning, there's, there's all sorts of different kinds of math, different kinds mm-hmm. of uh, scientific skills that you as a parent may have some smattering of interest or knowledge in this and that but Mm -hmm. to try to explain a lot of uh, more complex theories it would be very difficult for a lot of people and the child is the one that's going to lose out because 
as they get older and they sort of say, well, I'd like to be an engineer or I, I'm, I might want to try being a doctor. I think mm-hmm. that'd be neat. They may not have the schooling background that would allows them to uh, do their MCADs with any mm-hmm. kind of success because there's a whole, <laughs> uh, there's a, a huge amount of information that any one individual person, any one individual van lifer or whatever doesn't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I honestly think that <clears throat> Children on the road might be difficult. I I will say that you know in today's society we do uh, we're very lucky to have digital schooling as well. We're very mm-hmm. lucky to have opportunity of you know tutoring on the road. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of different. We we've met people that actually are teachers, uh, virtual teachers now. Um, especially with what the world just went through and is still going through today yeah. with the pandemic. Um, you're gonna we're gonna have a lot more of that come to light. In the future, too, as well. Uh, or maybe there's like a happy mix of some yeah, kind, of course. where it's like travel for some, and, and you I, I know, do stationary for some. I do think that a lot of that has to do with the kid, too, as well. In the sense of the first couple of years of a kid's life, they're they're kind of just bobbling around, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, they're very. And young. then at a certain age, that kid might want that in school experience. Well, you know, they might want that opportunity to meet friends on the road or go to the sporting events or whatever it is yeah. and then you'll have to be more stationary at that point yeah, yeah. The, like the kid actually doesn't know really what they want <laughs> one of the one of the things is that school and this has been sort of pointed out has been homeschooling has become the norm with covid restrictions the socialization of these children has been uh, deficit mm-hmm. uh, deficient sorry they they they're very anxious now when they meet other children. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know how to relate to children. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're on the road with adults mostly, and you got you know your your parents trying to homeschool a couple of kids, I don't I I don't see that child. Yeah, they can talk to adults really well, but socializing with other kids, their peer group mm-hmm. doesn't exist for them. Well, that brings me back to the fact that they do have peer groups uh, on the road. Once again, there are people out there with families that wind up saying, hey, do you want to meet up? And then those kids interact and socialize with one another. So they actually do, they might even be better off than the kid that has to be stuck at home, stuck in front of the tablet, rather than having that experience of uh, having the friend next door. Well, who knows, too. I I know, who knows. Because, you know, like we said, it's all about... um, I'm just saying there's many different ways to look at it. If you have the will, there is a way to do anything. And I'm sure you would talk to homeschoolers and think it can all be sorted out. It's Mm -hmm. just wonderful. Well, and I think... it's personally, not for me. Not for you, yeah, exactly. Well, and I think, too, I don't know, everybody that I know that has children in my age group is like, oh, you should do it. It's so wonderful. It's the best experience ever. (laughs) And then you see them with their kids and they're like, oh my God, I want to murder. Like, it's so bad. Well, we're not even at that stage of our lives yet. Well, that's what I'm saying. We can't really talk about what it's like to have children because we don't have children. Yeah. You know, and your experience of us as children is also like a 30 year old. Yeah. You know, it's been a while since you had a a kid bumping around. Wonderful, wonderful memory. Circumstances are different. (laughs) And, you know, people have to do what's right. For them mm-hmm. and what they think is right for their family. Yeah. It's really, you know, at the end of the day, in ter- getting back to the original question as to what, you know, I felt about you doing van life. I mean, it's your life. You mm-hmm. have to live it as you see fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, within limits, obviously. I don't want to <laughs> end up in jail or, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
with some terrible drug addiction or something. But no, aside from all the that the stuff, very bad yeah. things. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I figure we launched you. You got a good education. Mm-hmm. You had good job opportunities. You were able to travel to an extent, not as much obviously as you do now. Like. So all as parents you can do is give your kids that grounding to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of up to you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not up to them. us to say, well, you should be doing this or why aren't yeah. you doing that? Or yeah. no, it's your life. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and you're being successful on your own terms. And that's a wonderful thing. That's like being self-employed. It is being self-employed. Mm-hmm. You know, Shirley and I worked all of our life in corporate structures. You know, and that, that has its benefit and certainly you know what's going on and you know what's going to happen and you, you can sort of do career planning, progression and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You folks, every day you wake up, you're sort of reinventing what you're doing and uh, uh, using your own imagination and initiative to create the next step. So it's, it's, it's great. I know that's surely says... We support you in your van life. It's, uh, it's it's something that you want to do, something you enjoy, and something that you're demonstrating a successful ability to handle. And that's that's the real key, uh, is that it's not something that is t- depressing. It's not you're not challenged in terms of fear of the future. So it's great. It's, it's I'm pleased to see what you're doing, and I. Looking forward to seeing your future adventures. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to give some advice to maybe some people who might be listening who are either worried about or, you know, maybe their parents are a little bit resistant to the idea of them doing van life. Obviously, you know, we're all adults and hopefully the people, you know, planning on doing van life are adults too. And like you said, it's like we've launched you and now, you know, fly and, you know, whatever happens. <laughs> but, you know, perhaps what could be some advice that you would give somebody who was trying to educate their parents about van life or what it is or, you know, something like that? Well, uh, I think it's important to have a plan B. You know, they can plan for their van life. and mm-hmm. uh, But, like, I liked your idea initially of, well, let's try it for a year and mm-hmm. see how we find it. So maybe take a short-term approach that parents might find a little more palatable if they knew, well, they're just going to go off for a year adventure and, you know, we'll see after that. That might be a good approach. And besides, they don't know if they're, how long they're going to want to do it anyway, mm-hmm. right? So, um, but also I would say it would be good to have some kind of foundation, like you know, well, you probably wouldn't have the money anyway, but you need some kind of skill set. I guess what I'm saying is get your education first <laughs> and then go from there. How about mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it? Yeah, I think having a plan mm-hmm. and like your initial plan was to do 70 odd snowboard mountains and, and talk about that, blog about that and see if that was, has any kind of interest out there in the world. So that that's, that's a plan. And if it, if it turned out that nobody gave a damn and, you know, you didn't enjoy it, then you could just stop doing it. But you do have a fairly, you know, substantial financial investment in, in your wheels and all of the fitting out of that kind of stuff. And your income gets drastically reduced. So you, you, you needed a plan. You had a plan. 
you worked out a budget, uh, you stuck to the budget, and that's one of the things that makes it successful is that you sort of can see what's going to happen if you do what you say you're going to do. So this is, you know, that's why we support you. It's, uh, you're not going about it uh, helter-skelter and, uh, and whoops, oh, I shouldn't yeah. have done that. Yeah. But, like, you know. Well, for another plug, buy Alexander and Frankie's book about van life because you need to be realistic in terms of what's involved, what skill set you need, and what your finances are going to be like. Mm. Yeah, like some people think, oh, I'm going to become a famous blogger and earn all kinds of money and that's how I'm going to survive. Well, that takes a long time and a lot of hard work. <laughs> and luck. Yes, yeah. that helps too. So, yeah. yeah, I think you need to be realistic about it. Yeah. And maybe parents <laughs> would feel more comfortable if they knew their kids were being realistic about it and how they were going to survive, whether mm-hmm. it was because they could work you know, from their van and they would have a steady income still and it wasn't going to be that different or whatever their plan is mm-hmm. as opposed to just, oh, well, I'm going off and, you know, see you later, alligator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really think, uh, especially if you're in a van life thing where you're away from, you know, support systems, uh, you need to have some reasonably good degree of mechanical competence. Mm-hmm. Uh, been watching a lot of your first year on the road with your 2003 uh, Sprinter. Sprinter, yeah. Sprinter. Uh, there were some things that sort of fell off and or whatever. <laughs> yeah. and, and, but no, but seriously, watching you underneath hooking up uh, gas lines or hydraulic lines, right. that's not something I would ever have a clue how to do. Mm-hmm. So like, I would be forced to go to a service station and then I'm going to have to... Uh, rent a room or something like that for the two or three days you get the parts and whatever and that means and then I have to buy the van back from the garage sort of thing so um, I would have to have a much bigger cash resource Mm -hmm. to uh, to go on the road if I don't have the mechanical skills so that's something that you know you need to do and I'm pleased that you guys have the skills and uh, so that's uh, you know another reason why it's it's been good for you Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree, guys. Thank you so much for all the advice. Um, thank you for being a part of our journey, too, even. You know, I think you guys have been a huge part of our journey, honestly. Alex and I have been super grateful for all the support that you've given to us. I they mean, were our very first Patreons. They were our very first Patreons, say, yes. Yeah, become a Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, every little bit helps us. It, it, I think that all their advice was great in the sense of, uh, you know, being able to have those skills underneath your belt or at least not being fearful of trying something uh, and, and figuring it out on your own. There are, there are tons of different types of jobs. You could be a traveling PT if you have the if you have the skill set and you have the education and the criteria to do that. Um, there are many different ways to make money on the road. I, I personally believe that anybody, for the most part, can do it. Your personality definitely has a lot to do with it. There are people of all different sorts out there, so make sure that you're out there searching for the different types of people, whether you're introvert, extrovert, whatever it is. Um, Yeah, anything you want to add, Alex? Well, I just want to thank you guys for sitting down with us for a little bit and having this talk. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like we're very grateful for your support, whether that's you know, in the weekly phone calls or just being supportive of our you know adventures. And um, it was definitely. Very nice to know that, you know, you guys 
were, you know, on board with the adventure and it would have been a lot harder and I don't know, more stressful if you'd been mm-hmm. very against it, mm-hmm. you know, from the yeah, get go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get a job. I mean, right. it, it would have been stressful for both of us, you know, because we, we want you guys to be happy in, in the sense mm-hmm. of Alex's travels and my travels. And yeah, well, it's just like stressful to know that somebody is not happy with your choices, Correct. Correct. you know, yeah. whatever that might yeah. be. You know, even in, you know, some of the negative comments we get online, you know, things like that, you're like, oh, well. They're a little bit hurtful yeah, sometimes. They can yeah, they you know, So, like, okay. imagine how hurtful that would be coming from your own parents Correct. if yeah. they were like, you know, we're not okay with the, what you're doing. Um, you know, I think for some people, especially when I was a teenager, that would have been fire to do it even more you know? <laughs> yeah. um, which was the case with a lot of things in my youth well I mean we, we started we were almost 30 right or right. we were we were 30 Over was I 30? 30 I don't even know how yeah. old I was at this point I think I, I think met I, you when you were 29. I was 30 when we first got on the road so you were 31 I think yeah. when we first got on the road but regardless, I, I think that that aspect of life for us was different. Like we've already, we were already out of the coop. Yeah, we were we out of the coop for many you years. Know, proved that we could be independent and you know self sufficient. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely a different. You know, we have some friends who are nineteen, eighteen on the road, yep. and wow. you know, their parents definitely Didn't have agree. a lot more pushback. You know, yeah. we have people who've deferred college to live van life yep. and. Mm. You know, I could see where that would be a lot harder of a conversation. And luckily for them, they became very successful. So it is, yeah. you know, there's there's the ability there to become successful, but it takes a lot of work. Like mm-hmm. if you guys think you're going to just hit van life and get on the road and you're not going to do any type of work, you're fooling yourself. Let's yeah. be real. There's a lot of work involved, um, no matter what you're going to do in life. You just have to strive to achieve all your goals, set goals, you know, make sure that you give yourself an opportunity and have a fallback plan. Yeah. You know, a fallback plan is a great option. Um, you know, strive to create, you know, create what it is that you're looking for. But if it doesn't happen and you're really, you know, pinching hard for that penny, you might have to go back to that job. It's and realize that there's something that you've learned there. You know, failure is okay. Mm-hmm. And you can even go back to that job and live in a van and save a bunch of money by not <laughs> yeah. getting rent. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review. We will definitely be shouting out a comment of the week next week. Um, so we can't wait to hear from you. And we hope that you guys have an FNA day. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. Over all that.